start with a, with a simple question, maybe an obvious question. Why did Jesus have to get baptized? Why did, why did he do that? See, we get baptized, right, because we were born with original sin. We have this, this death has this grip over us. And so in baptism, that original sin is washed away. Death's power is broken over us forever. But Jesus didn't have sin. Death had no power over Jesus. So why did he have to go and get baptized? Why do we even celebrate this feast today? A word that's often applied to Jesus in a lot of spiritual writings is they call Jesus a trailblazer. He's the one who goes into unknown territory, goes into the wilderness, goes into uncharted waters. He cuts the trail for us so that we can follow after him. He kind of shows us the light and shows us the example that we're supposed to follow and to imitate. So Jesus wasn't baptized. He didn't do that for his own sake. He didn't do that because he had to be baptized. He allowed himself to be baptized for our sake. Two big things happened when Jesus, at Jesus' baptism. The first one, and the, the early church fathers talk a lot about this, by being baptized, Jesus, in a sense, sanctified the waters of baptism for us. Because Jesus, who is God, because he was baptized, that allowed baptism and the waters of baptism to, to confer onto us divine life. Like when we're baptized, we, the life of the Trinity enters within us and we live that life with God in communion with him forever. And that's true because Jesus allowed himself to be baptized. He, in a sense, came down and sanctified the waters of baptism for us. It's, it's fitting that today concludes the Christmas season because it's sort of a continuation of this great mystery of the Incarnation. God became man to sanctify human nature, and now he continued that, that condescension, that lowering of himself, so that we may be raised up to live the life of God. And he came down, he, he was baptized in the Jordan River. The Jordan River makes Bayou Lafourche look like a flowing river. I was blessed to be able to go there this last year. It's a, a muddy, dirty, not very, it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's moving at all. That's the river that Jesus chose to be baptized in, showing that his, he, he loves us so much to come down to the lowest of the low to raise us up to the highest of the high, to the life of God. That's what he did. That's the first thing that he did in baptism, made it a way for us to have divine life. And if that wasn't enough, there's more, right? More than he, he did something else for us. He reveals something incredibly important to us about our own identity, about who we are. If I ask you that question, who are you, we'd probably get a variety of responses. We may even struggle to answer that question, who are you, right? There's a scene in this movie, Anger Management, with Adam Sandler, where they're in their, their group, and the leader of the group asks him, asks him, who are you? And the first thing he goes to is he talks about his job, what he does, and he erupts him. He says, no, 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 I, don't, I, don't, I didn't ask you what you do. I asked you who you are. And then he started listing his hobbies, the things he liked to do. And he said, well, no, I, I, didn't ask you about those, I didn't ask you about those things. I want to know who you are. And he eventually gets frustrated because he doesn't know how to answer that question. He can't seem to give a satisfactory answer to that question. When we think about who we are, that's our, our first go-to, right? Our successes, our families, what we're good at, maybe our failures these things that we think define us. 
Jesus reveals to us today that our deepest identity, the core of who we are, has to be rooted in a relationship. John Paul II says that man is incomprehensible to himself. Our life makes no sense to ourselves without relationship. That's where we get our deepest meaning from. And at his baptism, the Father speaks perhaps some of the most important words that he ever speaks to Jesus today. These words that are going to carry him right after this into the desert for 40 days with no food, no water, to be tempted by the devil. Only remembering these words. These words that are going to ultimately propel him all the way to the cross, where he gives everything for us. These words, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. In those words, in the Father's revelation of Jesus' identity, not because of anything that he did or said, but simply because of who he is, Jesus is again leading us, he's blazing the trail for us, to see what our truest identity is. We're not defined by what we've done, by how successful or unsuccessful we've been, our experiences that we've had. Our deepest identity is defined by nothing else than our relationship with the Father. And what happens at baptism is that the Father permanently, totally, irrevocably pledges himself to us. The church says we're sealed with an indelible mark, this mark of, of, of being claimed as a son or as a daughter of God, and nothing that we ever do or ever say can ever take that away. It's permanently there forever. God pledges to be with us every single day from the day of our baptism into eternity. The problem isn't that God forgets that or that God goes back on his word. It's that a lot of times we forget that or we try to avoid that, or we're too ashamed to accept that. It's a great scene in The Lion King where Simba is struggling with this exact thing. He's the rightful king, but he spent his whole life running away from that because he's too ashamed to accept it. Because of the, what he's done in his mind, there's no way he can, he can accept that. So he spent his whole life trying to avoid it, his whole life running from it until he has this very profound encounter with his father after his father's death, where the father speaks, I think, some of the most profound words that Disney's ever, ever put into a movie. The father tells him, you have forgotten me. You have forgotten who you are, and so have forgotten me. You are more than what you have become. You must take your place. Remember who you are. You are my son. Remember. When we forget that relationship, when we try to avoid it, when we're too ashamed to accept it, we forget who we are. We lose our identity. Our identity has to flow from that relationship or else it's going to eventually fail and fade away. And when we know that identity, when we claim that identity, when we allow the love of the Lord to permeate us like that, we can't help but be moved to tell people about that. We can't help but share the love that we've experienced with other people. Right? If they say if, we, if, we had, if you had the cure to cancer, right, you wouldn't just hide it. You would tell the whole world about it. So when we experience, in a sense, this cure to the various cancers of our life, we're not, we can't help but be moved to let that love be known to every single person we meet. That's why Jesus begins his ministry with baptism, and he ends it with baptism. The last thing he tells his disciples, 
Go and baptize all nations. Go and tell everybody about this love that you've experienced. Because it's what, what our hearts are longing for. Go and tell everybody about this. Our mission is rooted in our identity, and our identity is rooted in the relationship. That's the order. Our relationship reveals our identity, which reveals our mission. A lot of times we start straight at the end. Lord, what are you calling me to do? What's the mission I have? God, what, what plan do you have for me? We want to know what our mission is. We want to know what God's calling us to. It starts with who we are. It starts with our identity. And if we want to discover that, that starts with whose we are, that relationship. That's where it all begins. And it's something that we need to be constantly and again and again reminded of because that's the devil's primary attack. He wants us to break that relationship because he knows if he breaks that relationship, he's won. But if, he, if that relationship is there, he has no power. So it's a constant reminder that we have to remind ourselves who we are and how unchangeable that is in our own life. That's why the church, pretty much every church you go into, every door you come into at St. Thomas, is a holy water font. That holy water font is meant to be a reminder of our baptism, a reminder of what happened on that day, a reminder of who we are and what God has pledged for us. Every time you touch that holy water font, it's a reminder, I am God's beloved son. He has pledged himself to me forever. That's why it's a good practice, because it's a reminder. We don't need that reminder once a week. We need it every single day. Have a holy water font in your door at your house. Every time you go in and go out, that's your reminder. I am God's son. I am God's daughter. And that can never change. Don't let the devil come in to break that relationship, to paralyze us with shame or with fear or whatever it is. God desires us to live in that freedom. That's why he gives us every opportunity to come and to reclaim that identity, to experience his love and his mercy in the sacraments, in the Eucharist, in confession, so that we can always live in that freedom and to live in that identity that our hearts are longing for. May we grow in the grace to recognize that identity, allow the love of the Lord to permeate us, and let that love bring us to every person we meet. Amen.